welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. Here we are, phase two of the recovery journey. If you're first clicking or hearing this, make sure that you listen to phase one. It's kind of a lost and lonely journey, but it's important that we don't skip that step or we'll never go to the transformational part of phase two. In phase two, there'll be dark places, but there'll be more light. This is where the actual transformation happens because you're gonna be putting in the hard work. You are realizing after phase one with this solo journey that you can do a lot of things that you never thought, that you have channeled this inner beast that did not exist. A few of the things that happen in phase two that you can expect and embrace it. The first one is realization of control. You will realize during phase two, because you did this self-discovery solitude type of identity search in phase one, that in phase two, you're gonna realize you had more control of your burnout than you thought. I know people don't wanna hear that. They want to blame someone else, but that doesn't solve your problems. What solves your problems is identifying that you are the only one in control of you. You can't control other people. You can't control most external circumstances. You only can control you. So in phase two of burnout recovery, you're gonna recognize that your own actions cause you pain. That hurt, didn't it? It's our own self that distracts us. Here's what I mean. Excessive phone use. We cannot help ourselves. I've literally had to remove social media apps from my phone and only access them on a desktop or laptop because the convenience of those is a time waster for me. I'm a working mom of three little kids. I don't have time. And yet I would spend time or stay up late scrolling. That didn't re-energize me. I would feel worse in the morning or I'd feel the drama, internalization stories I have going in my head. I had to do something. So I had to get rid of the apps on my phone because I had no control and I realized it was an addiction. And I'm not even that bad. Maybe an hour a day. There's people that go hours and hours. They have to check social media throughout the day at work as if they were missing something. And I, I'm saying that because I don't think we realize the same dopamine drips you get from social media scrolling and going through posts like that is the same dopamine you get when you get high when you do other drugs, when you drink alcohol. You have to know what is a healthy balance, moderation. So we are self-destructive with our excessive phone use, with our unhealthy boundaries. Yes to that, yes to this. Yes, I can help with that. We have work addictions in which we have core set hours maybe with our employer now and we still work after hours. We still check our work email on our phones because we think it will save us more time the next day. We worry about work things, even when we're at home. We're leading our lives by other people's expectations. What will they think? What if I do that? What will they think? I have to do that because what would they think? Who's they? Society? Your family? Your coworkers? Your boss? Again, misalignment. 
with external and internal self. We wonder why we get misaligned to a point of mental or physical burnout collapse. And it's because we don't realize that we are out of control of our own life. Take back control and you know, deep down in your heart, what already to do. Another thing that's gonna happen in phase two is recognition of emotions. So we talked about some of the emotions and internalizing feelings that we're gonna need to release in phase one. But now it's time to actually hone down on what those emotions are. By this time, you have identified emotions that continually come up that you had to start addressing. But now it's time to really figure out the definition of what those are. Here's an example. You might have resentment against your employer because they made you do this and they took you time to do that. Um, you may have resentment against a partner or a friend that didn't do something for you. But resentment is an emotion of envy, not anger. Are you actually grieving what you couldn't have? Are you grieving a past life that you didn't live up to the expectations of what you thought it was? Are you living up just in general to the expectations that weren't successfully completed for that project, for that relationship? This is an important to have a third party coach or program or counselor help guiding you through this fog. Really identifying your emotions will help you recover faster. If I just say I'm angry, I'm an angry person, I have angry emotions, what does that mean? Am I hungry? Do I have to go potty? Do I hate this person? Did I not get enough sleep? There are so many words under anger that I haven't even identified. So how can I ever recover if I don't even know what I'm recovering about? Recognizing your emotions will help. Identify the specific areas and pathways you need to patch up to make this a much smoother journey. Another part and a little bit lighter then the last two is finding like minds and communities in phase two. During this time, as you let people leave your life and you create that space, other beautiful people will start to enter. But since now you're focused on the areas that you enjoy, it will be people that have an energetic environment that feeds your soul, feeds your mind, feeds your body instead of draining it. Here's a great example. I used to go backpacking way back in my early 20s pre-kids, pre-career, and you just went. You just went and you went with the flow and you met some great people. I haven't done it since. So last year, on my one year burnout recovery, I went on a backpacking trip. My body was strong enough where I felt safe enough to go hiking for a long weekend. I did not know anyone, but it was part of a backpacking group locally. I felt safe and I had all the supplies. It was one of the best weekends I had in years. I met people with like minds, people that didn't gossip. They didn't care for drama. They had same purpose and meaning that I did. Some were even lost, just trying to find their soul again, just like me. They had tips, they had space. Sometimes we would just sit and you just breathe. And I realized when you're around like minds, it re-energizes you instead of drains you. See, when I would go out maybe on previous events in, in my pre-burnout phase, and I would go out and have laughs and have fun, but then I would go home and feel tired. I would feel tired, even though I laughed and I had fun. 
felt tired and I didn't know why. I just thought it's because I'm a parent who's trying to go out and it's just who I am now. It's just getting older. And I went this backpacking trip, which was physically exhausting, but mentally and soul, I was the most re-energized I have been in years for weeks after that event. Being around like-minded people and communities will fill your cup. Who are your people? Go find them. If you are on social media, go find them. They're out there. There's so many great groups and associations and clubs in our local communities. Attend one. A lot even have virtual education events. If you're not even sure where to start, start exploring hobbies. Grab up a book from a library. Grab up a free webinar online. Start exploring where you get re-energized. By now, you're probably like, Kelly, I don't have time for this. That's why I burnt out in the first place. I was doing too many things. But you have to remember, you are now doing things that are re-energizing. You're doing things that are aligned externally and internally so that you're not burning out. You're living life. But in order to do that, that brings us to our next point. Identifying time value. Time is not unlimited, but yet it's the same every day, 24 hours. You will, through phase two, start recognizing what energizes you and what does not. And you will start naturally spending more time according to what re-energizes you and what you need for the day. Sometimes you have to do obligations, distractions. But then when you don't, you're going to feed the need of re-energy. You're going to go meet up with those people in that community. You're going to go get a babysitter and join that club. You're going to go even pack up the kids for the next backpacking trip and go on a family one. You're identifying that you got into such a bad place in burnout, physically or mentally, that your time was almost up. That you could have ended up in the hospital or possibly even the grave. So now that time is limited. So you have now identified this value. Now go spend it where it's worth. There are two parts of phase two that aren't as shiny and magical in this transformational journey. And one of them is uh, mixed directional signs. Since most of this phase, you've been dabbing into new and unknown territory, kind of exciting things, trying new things, meeting new people. You may now be concerned of the direction that you're going is the wrong way because it's so new. All these new habits and actions and people and clubs. Trust your gut. Give space to reflect on what is really happening in the moment. Most likely you're just uncomfortable and it's not the wrong way. That you are safe and you're just exploring new things. So during these mixed directional signs, don't let them scare you away. Keep true to yourself and allow space to reflect on it to make sure that you're continuing on this journey. And then the last and, and final thing that probably happens in phase two to recognize is you're going to be slightly exhausted at times. Your body is exiting out of survivorship mode. If you did phase one and you really honed into a recovery healing journey, your body's now exiting out of this tense chronic stress state. It will be tired. It feels safe enough to relax. Let it rest. Read outdoors. Instead of doing a vigorous workout, go for a walk. Nap. 
Remember you've just been at war with yourself for weeks, months, or years. Give your mind, body, and soul some grace to recover. These phases are not always easy, and most people will turn back. I have people I worked with a year ago that are emailing me that they're starting all over again. And that's okay, maybe it wasn't the right time, but they're ready now. You cannot unlearn though what you have been healing. You cannot unlearn identified triggers and things that got you there. Keep going because phase three of understanding is a beautiful place to be. If you're struggling, I hope that you grab up a coaching session with me Grab up the Burnout Compass program where we dig in deep to four checkpoints of your recovery journey. Or go ahead and forward my information to your employer for an in-person workshop so we can dig in as a group and provide an environment out of zombie mode and back to energy. I know you're not lazy. Most people in burnout are high performers, those serving others before themselves. Don't discount the step today, the step in which you focus on your self-growth. Piecing together the puzzle is half the journey. Rediscovering energy through new actions and habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions and the beast to do hard things that lies within you. Check out more burnout resources on my website to move from zombie mode back to liveliness. See you soon.